Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited today. We have a returning guest, an author that we love so much here. She's, this is her third time on the podcast. We have Jenny Hale here. Jenny, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. How, how have you been? It's been just over a year since we last talked to you. So how was your 2021? <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> right. Um, it's been busy, very, very busy. I've, yeah. um, I opened up my publishing imprint and then I've um, added in a couple extra books um, since 2020. And so it's been very busy, but good busy. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about all of that. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, 2021, it, it, it was, it was almost like a deja vu year, you know, like yes. we're going through this all, we all thought it would be just 2020. And then it ended up being 2021. It's like the year everybody forgot. <laughs> I know it just seems to continue on, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but did you get to do anything fun in 2021? Did you get to go to the beach or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We like to go um, to Florida to the beach. I mean, in Nashville, it's kind of hard to get to the beach. So Florida is our, our best bet. So mm -hmm. once a year, we pile everybody in the car and take them to the beach. And this year we took our Labradoodle with us and she was so incredibly delighted to be there. She, oh, um, yeah. she ran just all over the beach. I've never <laughs> seen her so excited. She had sort of this manic, excited look for the entire week. Oh, that's cute. What's her name? Kaya. Oh, cute. Yeah, I would be right along there with Kaya at the beach. <laughs> Yeah, we are too. It's 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 one of our favorite places to go. And growing up in Virginia, um, I I lived about three and a half hours drive from the Outer Banks, mm -hmm. and so we would go to the Outer Banks all the time. But once we got to Nashville, for the last four years I've lived in Nashville, it's a little bit more difficult. So it's depending on traffic. With traffic, it can run you like nine hours to get there. Yeah, that's a long time. Definitely. Yeah. But there's nothing more relaxing to me. I know it's a cliche to like the relaxing beach waves or whatever, but it's it's actual fact in my life. There's nothing more relaxing. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. We always say that we want to retire somewhere. Mm -hmm. All I need is a hut and two bicycles. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it on a beach somewhere and I yeah. will enjoy the rest of my days. Agreed. <laughs> me too. Well, how has the Harpeth Road been going? It looks like you found a bunch of new authors. I see you posting on Twitter and things uh, of uh, signing new authors. How, what has that all been like? Oh, it's been great. I mean, I'm sort of like one of those actors that goes on to be producer. It's just in my blood. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather was a marketing director and my grandmother was an artist. And I think those two genetics just had a field day with me. Um, because the more I got into writing, the more I realized that I actually really love the publishing side of things. So I'll, I'm publishing my own books, but I'm also publishing other people's books. And we have even more in the works um, coming your way. So mm -hmm. uh, I've been busy with uh, peer editing and and uh, marketing and you know design and cover design and retail descriptions and all the things all the way down to ISBN numbers and how to upload that stuff onto um, the different platforms. But it's been just so much fun. 
We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. It must be really rewarding not only to just be learning all these new things, uh, and starting kind of a new career in a way, but also to be helping other other authors to get their books published. That must feel good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the teacher in me. I was mm-hmm. a, I was a public school teacher for eighteen years before this career, and um, and I think that's what it was missing for me was um, a way to carry another author, especially debut authors, to carry them through this process mm-hmm. and, and sort of show them all the things that I had to scramble to figure out. Um, one of the things about our publishing imprint is that I've written lessons for every single step of the process. So there there aren't any questions. You know, it's very clear what we're doing and what they're um, what our expectations are of that moment. And so they can um, sort of rest easy. And we have everything from, you know, your bio and how to write it to um, what edits look like at every stage. And mm. so um, being a writer helped me with that first so that I could um, see it from both perspectives. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I mean, how do you come in contact with the authors to begin with? Uh, do do you just have people sending you stuff or or do you kind of look out for, for interesting pitches? I have, um, Harpeth Road has a website and it's mm-hmm. um, www.harpeth, it's H-A-R-P-E-T-H road.com. And it's named after the Harpeth River here in Nashville mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it can, publishing can be like a river, um, but it can be, you know, crazy fast sometimes and then super lazy slow other times and you never know where the rocks are and it's a little bit crazy but we want to sort of straighten that out for authors and make it like a road make it more make it clearer and um so i have a website and on my website there are two submission buttons one is for authors who have agents for the agents Mm -hmm. to submit and the other one is for authors who do not have agents so that those authors have an opportunity to submit and they come equally. And I just make sure that, um, I respond as quickly as I possibly can. And, um, and, and I get to look personally at each and every submission that comes in. That's amazing. So yeah, if people are listening and they are, uh, they are hopeful, uh, writers, here's a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd love it. I, I try, if I think a book has promise, but I can't, quite figure out if it's right for us. I try to always give a little bit of feedback to, to Mm -hmm. the author if I can. I mean, a lot of times what it comes down to is, 
for me to take a book and put the incredible amount of time, effort, and money behind it to publish it, um, I need to know without a doubt that I can market it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll have to pass. In fact, there were two amazing stories that I know are really, really great, but I can't promise the author that I know how to market them. And so I had to pass on them because I can only mm-hmm. take, and I think, you know, I think I owe that to the authors as well. They need yeah. to trust that I know what I'm doing when it comes to marketing. And I absolutely know what I'm doing with contemporary romantic fiction. I can do it. But mm-hmm. anything, you know, that might straddle the lines um, and, and some things I might know how to market as well, but, um, but it's a tough call to have to tell an author that you love their story, but you can't publish it, you know, because it's, it's tough. But I think, you know, that's the kind of conversation that you don't always get from other publishers because they just don't have time. Mm-hmm. And I'm with them on that. You know, there is no time to respond. And while I'm still small and we're a boutique publisher, I would love to respond to people so that I can at least pass that information along to them. Yeah. So do you only do clean romance? Um, I tend to do, and again, this is early stages. So I'm sure that we will grow in, in terms of what we, what we take, but what I tend to really look for are contemporary mainstream romantic stories, and they can have different varying levels of things. Um, um, but, but, it has to sort of fit that line at this point. Mm-hmm. And then as we grow, I'm sure we'll expand into mm-hmm. other subgenres of romance. That's cool. Uh, so right now you have your book and then the holiday plan out from Harpeth and uh, from by Emma Linden. Oh. And uh, I, I haven't read that one yet, but it sounds fun. Yeah, I have actually three books. I have The Memory three. Keeper by Me. That was the early one. Um, and then we I talked have, about that last time. Yes. And then I have The Holiday Plan. And then I've just released another one by me called Butterfly Sisters. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but The Holiday Plan is by a debut author, Emma Linden. And it's a super, super sweet romance um, set in a castle in the Adirondacks. Um, and during Valentine's Day. Mm. And that's been super fun. It's been fun to see um, how it how it travels and see the reviews coming in and, you know, all that good stuff. Cool. Uh, so, and then in 2021, you had the Beach House and a Lighthouse Christmas. Yes. Those were with my original publisher, Book of Tour. Mm-hmm. And so, so those came out through them. So I was straight author on those. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about both those. Um, gosh, <laughs> well, one thing is just to sort of put it into perspective. I know um, we're to back it up a little bit. I know we're talking about um, Butterfly Sisters later, which is the book that's out now. And just, I mean, that just came out a month ago. But I've already written and edited another summer book, and already started about thirty thousand words on a Christmas book. So when I try to go back to the beach house, it's been so many books. Once I download a book out of my head, I forget all about it. And I have no, you can tell me my book is about anything and I would believe it. 
but the beach house, um, I can grab it. And then uh, a lighthouse Christmas is more re slightly more recent because that was just this Christmas. So, okay. So last, last summer's the beach house um, is about an, a character named Melanie Simpson. And um, she is, Oh, she she takes on restoring this old Victorian house um, in a, a fictional town called Rosemary Bay, and she used to visit this town. It's a beach town, and um, and they always sort of she and her grandmother always sort of walked around this house and and admired it, but it was just in disrepair, and so um, she buys it when her grandmother passes away. She buys it. And mm -hmm. starts to um, repair it. And as she repairs it, an entire story envelops her. Um, and it's an old love story that envelops her. And she starts to see parallels between herself now and this love story that's going on in the house. So that's what that one's about. Nice. Got the hunky contractor, Josh Claiborne. Of course. <laughs> Right, we have to have our parallel, right? That's right. So, yes, he's um, you know, blue-eyed, hunky guy who's going to help her um, fix the house, and she 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 somehow manages to get him to help her um, by winning a bet at a bar, and he doesn't even really want to help her with this house, and so he's roped into it because he's such a good guy; he's going to make good on his bet. Uh -huh. and, then, nice. and then all the good things ensue from that one. <laughs> so, and then Lighthouse Christmas also has sort of a real estate thing with yes. the lighthouse, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is the, the lighthouse actually belongs to her family and um, she's trying to sell it because um, I think they just can't afford it. And so um, as they're sort of, going through this, um, they're restoring it. See, I have to like, look at the back of this Maybe book. that's my problem with romance oh, is that I just haven't sold enough property. Maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> I know it's such an easy thing to throw that in there, right? So yeah, I mean, I've been in my house for almost a decade. <laughs> that's my problem. I know, I know, right? I mean, who does all these buying and selling of these things? <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so in the midst of this, they, they, someone comes along that says they actually own the lighthouse when they don't or may not. Um, and it's a, and then, you know, there's a whole, a whole mystery behind mm -hmm. who people are. And Will Thacker is the real estate agent and he's yeah. the one that um, she, she starts to fall for. So um, it's a good name. Will Thacker. Will Thacker. He just sounds yeah. like a good guy, doesn't he? Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> do you, how do you do? You, how do you come up with na the names? I don't know. I just I try not to name people after anybody I know, mm -hmm. so that I don't make connections. <laughs> and then I just um, I don't know. I make them up. Sometimes I'll go Google, like you know, top last names that sound rich or top last names. <laughs> nice or you know yeah. whatever. and then I come up and then I just find some names until I find two that go well together yeah it's good that's very good <laughs> all right well let's talk about butterfly sisters 
Uh, so this book is about two sisters, Lee and Meredith. And basically like one sister inherits this beloved uh, cabin uh, mm-hmm. and the other, it's, it's almost like a, not prodigal son kind of story, but in a way a little bit that like, she's the one that inherits is the one that's been always going away and never been there for the grandma. And so the one that, that is there is, and has been helping the grandma. She can't understand why the other got the, uh, got the house. And and so there's this, this uh, division between them. And then, course you have colton <laughs> second chance romance <laughs> which is very good uh i like the fact though that this had this element of these two sisters in it and i don't know if you have sisters uh if that was part of maybe what inspired you or, or what kind of made you go that way this is a very unique book and and i actually remember this book because of it um <laughs> this book I have two brothers, by the way. I don't have any sisters. Uh-huh. But um, this, the two sisters in this book are the two sides of me, personally. Mm. Um, I am a very real creative, but I was raised as an academic. And so I had, it took me quite a while to get to an age where I understood both sides of me and how I needed them and how it took both sides to get me to my happiest point in life creatively. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I wanted to write a book where they were separate. The two sides were separate because I am Meredith in so many ways, but then I'm also Lee in so many ways. And so if I could have them separate uh, and they're sort of juxtaposed to each other, Meredith is this wild creative, you know, she's got this big crazy curly hair. She barely gets ready for the day, um, you know, is always running around. She can't sit still. And then you've got Lee who everything is buttoned up. She's, you know, got the college degree. She's got the fancy job in New York. You know, everything is just so. And um, I wanted to sort of show how just like a butterfly, if you if you try to help a butterfly out of its chrysalis when it's hatching out of it, hatching is the right word, when it's emerging out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you try to help a butterfly, it will kill it because it needs the struggle to find its wings. And so I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have these two sides, these two girls realize they need their struggles to find their wings? And it's how do they find who they really are um, using each other? Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of where the idea of it came from. Yeah. And property also. <laughs> right. I know. Well, and I thought, well, wouldn't that be fun if Nan leaves the, yeah. the, you know, Lee has always adored this cottage by the lake and yeah. um, she just is so enamored with it and just feels so many memories. And, and Meredith was always running from it, you know, just couldn't sit still and didn't want to be there. And, and so wouldn't it be fun if grandma left it to Meredith and not yeah. Lee? But there's a reason and you won't know until mm-hmm. the end. Because yeah. Spoilers. We don't want to give spoilers. But um, there's a there's a very solid reason why the grandmother leaves it to Meredith and not Lee. Yeah. It was a good conflict. It, I, I liked it. And I mean, it could just be so easy for us to judge 
other other's choices, particularly I feel like women, we are just so so bad at that. <laughs> it's just frustrating that I, I wish that we could be more supportive in, of of each other. You know, it's like, oh well, someone had too many kids or not enough kids, or so and so should have gotten married, or they didn't get, uh, or they you know they got married too young, or they. You know, it's like frustrating. Yes. And I think that was one of my goals with the two sisters as well was to kind of show that they both were equally valid in their choices in life and that it doesn't, there is no one way that society sometimes pushes us one way um, or another, you know, we're built by what people around us put on to us, you know, when really, if we just let ourselves go and be who we are, a lot of times we're happier and more successful, you know, all of it. And so a lot of times when we feel so bogged down, it's when we're trying to be what everybody wants us to be and not mm-hmm. who we really are. Well, and I've said many times, you know, the comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. that instead of being a Uh, appreciative of what's happening in our life. We don't appreciate it because we're being envious of what another person has. While while a lot of times they're the one that is being envious of us. Right. Right. And in the end, that's their journey. Yeah. That's not our journey. That's not what we were put on this earth to do. You know, we have to follow what's inside, turn inward to ourselves and figure out what drives us as people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then follow that, not anyone else's journey. Yeah. So you have the relationship between Lee and Colton. Uh, That must have been kind of fun to write. He's a pretty hunky character, I would say. Yeah, I love Colton. (laughs) I just love him. Yeah. Um, And and the fact that he has Elvis is just um, my favorite. I had to write Elvis in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can hear, but my dog is whining right now because she just barked at me. But she she's so smart. She knows it. But um, I have all my office doors closed, <laughs> and so she can't get in. And her bed's in my office, so she's <laughs> happy with me right now. So I had to write a dog into the into the mix, and um and and Colton, I feel like just um understands this dog because he in general is a very understanding character. I mean, he's sort of, he understands Meredith before Meredith's sister understands Meredith. And so I enjoyed mm-hmm. writing him. Yeah. So when you have a plot of the girl coming back uh, from the city to the, the country or the small town or whatever, how do you make that fresh? It's such a trope. I know. It's been done so much. And I tend to like it, so I use it. (laughs) I mean, it's a trope for a reason because we we like it and it's been done well so many times. But it also you don't you don't want it to feel overdone or tired. So how Mm -hmm. how do you when you're writing a story think, okay, how am I gonna breathe new life into this? I think the best way to do that is to not focus on that particular element, mm-hmm. but focus on the fact that the character you've built, who is a breathing, living person in your head, is in that location. You know, you think about uh, Lee in Butterfly Sisters, she's in that location, but the location isn't defining her. She's defining herself. And so then when she moves location and comes back to the small town, 
all it is for me really is setting. And so it's how does this particular character manage the change from one setting to another based on her past experiences. And so that's how it's fresh because you have a different character every single book who's, I could write it every, I could literally write that every book, but if I did it, it would be a different story every time because it's rooted in who that character is, not the fact that they're in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And creating a, a romance that has chemistry and is compelling, I think, uh, helps a lot. Or you don't feel yeah, you too manipulated. To character there. You have it all boils down to the characters themselves. How well do you know your character? And that's one of the things as I've been working with some authors through publishing is if they type something like, um, you know, they'll type something like, I don't even know why I did that. You know, the character's saying that. And I'll say, well, if the character doesn't know why they're doing it, we won't either. So let's figure out why they're doing it and give them a reason, you know, Mm -hmm. because you need to know your character backwards and forwards as well as you know yourself. Right. So what was the most challenging part of writing this book? Um, it was the fact that I write two books a year. They take me about six to eight months to write. I write a Christmas and a summer. So two books will fill up an entire year. And Butterfly Sisters was a third book in Ooh. the year. So squeezing it in and not only writing it, but then I have to go through developmental edits and line edits and copy edits and proofread and typesetting. And then I'm also publishing it. So doing that on top of the two books that I normally do in a year, that was the most challenging part. I wrote it quickly because it was very, it was one of those books that just filled me up. So I had the idea for it and it was like, almost like someone stamped the entire book in my brain and I just had to quickly type it out. So that part was easy for this one, but getting it out there was the hard part. Yeah. I admire, I admire anybody who, who who finishes a book, writing a book, let alone three in one year. That is very impressive. Thank you. I have no idea sometimes how I do it. And sometimes it's easier than others. There are some times where I'm pulling my hair out because I have no idea what's coming next. And then there are other times where I can't stop writing it because it's just already coming out. Mm-hmm. Depends on the yeah. book. So, Old Hickory Lake mm-hmm. in the book, was that based on any particular place? That actually is a real lake in Nashville. Oh, okay. Right outside of Nashville. Um, my husband and I will go and we rent boats and, and drive around on Old Hickory Lake but um, with the kids and we'll stop and let them jump off and swim in the summers and things. But, um, but I did enhance it. I gave it a really nice little town and I, I'm not sure... I live on the other side of Nashville, so I'm not sure if there's a town like that that's part of Old Hickory Lake. I sort of built that in my head. But the actual lake, there is an actual lake right outside of Nashville called Old Hickory Lake. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. 
You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Well, you've already done both of our little uh, fun questions mm-hmm. that we do at the end of interviews. So I, I'm going to give you, I don't know if you ever watched Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton. Yes. Okay. Well, he would give at the end of the interview, he would give the Proust questionnaire, it's called. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to give you James Lipton's version of the of the Proust questionnaire hallmarkized a little bit. Fun. Okay. <laughs> so are you ready? Ready. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite word? Y'all. Oh, good. What is your least favorite word? Mm. I would say any like really awful curse word. Okay, that's good. I don't want well, to say. see, that's I hallmark size because one of the questions is, "What is your favorite curse word?" <laughs> we won't do that for hallmark. <laughs> but, uh, all right, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Hmm. I think lately it's been. I love listening to um, inspirational podcasts Mm. um like um i know oprah you know has a ton of them and i've listened to you know a couple like just speeches and podcasts that sort of um give you a big picture view of who you are and yourself and i feel like when i listen to those not only do i learn more about myself and my own motivations but it helps me to build um characters as well that sounds good. That sounds good. All right. What turns you off? In writing, like to write or just yeah, enjoy- that just creatively, spiritually, or emotionally, something that you just, you don't like, like someone um, being patronizing or something like that. And arguing and, you know, just stress. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to be any part of it. That's good. Okay. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Hmm, I would say laughter. That's good. Very good. What sound or noise do you hate? Fear. Yeah. And crying and sadness. Mm-hmm. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Hmm. I've kind of, I just kind of attempt them. <laughs> You've kind of done it all. Publishing. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that there isn't one because I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say something like being, being a singer, but I'm just not, I'm not talented enough, but I guess if I, if, if it was like, you can do anything yeah, probably because I, I do would, love I would it. I would, I would ball up in a ball if I had to go on a stage. <laughs> Well, so what profession would you not like to do? Uh, I would say some kind of um, uh, 
like like a singer or some someone I, I wouldn't want to be to the, I wouldn't want to have the fa- the level of fame that would allow other people to um invade my life yeah you know it's one thing if they know you and they say oh hey you know I recognize you but it some people just are inundated with invasions in their lives they can't yeah. even people out you know I wouldn't want anything that put me in that kind of spotlight yeah, I've said that a lot actually with the podcast that like I I have like a modicum of success. I mean, it, of course I'd like it to continue to be even more successful. Please keep listening all mm-hmm. of you listeners. But I I also these these YouTubers who are, have a lot of scrutiny on every single thing that they say and mm-hmm. do I, w- I don't know if I really want to be on that level. Yes. It you know what stressful. I say to that, though? This is what I always say to that, because I get bad reviews, right? We all do. Sure. Um, and it makes it makes the books um, more real to readers to see that there are people that don't like it, and then they're the majority uh-huh. of people do. Um, but I liken it to mint chocolate chip ice cream. Um, not everyone loves it. Some people absolutely hate it, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be available to people. Right. doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. And so um, when people scrutinize me for things or, you know, it's weird that it's weird, the stuff that people weigh in on and think they, it, that it's okay to say you know, on yeah. social media or behind their phones or whatever. But I just let it, I try to respond with kindness but I'm with you. I don't want, I, I'm at a point where I don't have too much of that at that mm-hmm. at this point. I don't want a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a critic, it's uh, sometimes you are kind of portrayed as the, as the villains. There was a homework movie actually this year, but <laughs> she was a wine critic and she was a villain. <laughs> I'm like we're actually trying to do a public service. We're trying to help people. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's about respecting the work enough to give your honest you know opinion and if you if you aren't honest and you just love everything as a critic then your praise doesn't mean anything right right like if i say i love this book people know that i really loved it because i i don't always say that yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think, you know, and I think there's, I don't ever get upset if, if there's a well crafted critique of my writing. In fact, I will, I will usually read it and then look at my writing with a different perspective and see if I agree. Yeah. Like that's what I was actually just tweeting about this today that, that if I was an artist, I like, as a critic, I always try to, respect that somebody made something you know Mm -hmm. i always keep that in there and i you know you never want to be mean-spirited or unkind but if i was an artist i would want i wouldn't want to just be patronized i would want to know what people really think as hard as it might be so i don't know there's a balance there i feel like yeah well i think it shakes out you know like Mm -hmm. i think for instance, I mean, I deal a lot with Amazon and Amazon reviews, and I think any reader that goes to Amazon and reads reviews, and I'm sure your reviews are the same way, they can tell when it's just a crap review. 
You know what I mean? Or when it's someone who is honestly weighing in on something that could change the book. Yeah. I think that's sort of it. And so I think the savvy person would see through any of the negativity anyway. And Mm -hmm. so to me, I don't mind, you know, if someone says, I wish this had, you know, I wish the ending had been drawn out a little more, then I might take a look at my ending, Mm -hmm. you know, and then pay attention to that when I write my next book. And I really enjoyed Butterfly Sisters, by the way. <laughs> I, I, uh, not just uh, saying that because everybody, I really, I did enjoy it, especially the sister element because I have three sisters, so mm. that definitely connected with that. I'm glad I wrote that well because, like I said, I don't have any sisters. So I have two uh-huh. brothers, and I'm the oldest of the two brothers, so um, mm. I don't have a sister close in age like like these two. So trying Mm -hmm. to write it as if I just sort of get in their heads though. And yeah, did a good job. You definitely did a good job. All right. Last question. And this is a doozy, but if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done. Ah, very good. Very good. All right. Well, you did it. You answered all the questions. (laughs) Yay. I like that. That was fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, uh, let us uh, tell us how people can find your book and uh, if interact with you on social media, all that fun stuff. Well, if you go to um, Amazon or any of the other um, online retailers and type in my name, you'll find a whole list of my books. Um, also, my website is www.itsjennyhaleits. J-E-N-N-Y-H-A-L-E.com. That's the author side for the publisher side. It's www.harpethroad.com. And um, all my socials, I'm everywhere. So so is Harpeth Road. I'm at J-Hale Author pretty much everywhere except for Facebook, where I'm at Jenny Hale Author, I think. And then all Harpeth Road is just Harpeth Road everywhere. Okay, great. And we'll have affiliate links as well uh, in the description if people want to purchase any of your books or uh, Butterfly Sisters. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, and on Goodreads. You check us out over there. And uh, and then you can find the Homework is Podcast, the Homework is Pod, and Homework is Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings, five-star reviews. We sure appreciate that. And if you are uh, listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group and merch store. And thanks so much, Jenny. This was a blast. I really, really do appreciate uh, getting a chance to talk to you. Look forward to more books that you're either publishing or writing. So thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye.